0: Okay, good evening, everyone. So, just a few loose ends from Simon Petest. That was the final Simon we learned together before Pesach. And the truth is, we'll see one of these halachas here, even though there are a bunch of loose ends at the end of it. The other ones, I think it's more appropriate to go through it more be'ian as we get to it later on in Shochanar. So, the Shochanar here at the end of Simon Petest, he says that one should not use the same knife for Basar and Chalav. Even though, theoretically, you could clean it. One should not use the same knife unless you kosher in between. And the Ramak quotes at the end, kvar nagu yisro, lahem shnei That there's a minigin so that everybody has two different knives. You wouldn't have to use the same knife for both, uh, you know, to, to cut your salami and to slice your cheese. Now, there's a to so have two separate knives the nice the, kalim the, the on the side, the shach and the taz, they go through the halachas of knives. We will discuss it together, when we discuss the halachic term called de desakina, when we discuss onions and all the shylas that come up when you cut onions and other, other items. So we'll come back to the minog. But on this piece, the acharnim bring down, and it's quote, found in the of Ram and Hilchiz Yantif as well, there's, there's a broader minog than simply having separate knives. And that is, there's a minog to have separate kalim, not only that, there's a minog to, to not kasher back and forth, that a person should not use the same knife for both milchiks and even kasher to use for fleshiks. We don't do that. We do not kasher uh, uh, back and forth. That's down in the Mug and Rum. He's talking in Hilchas Yantif. It's an interesting discussion in Hilchas Yantif. Let's say a person had a traif grill. Let's assume all you needed to do to kasher it was to turn it on to the highest setting. So the question is, is that called a tircha on yantif? To, to kasher on yantif, is that called a tircha? And the other way people bring down the Shiloh is that called nira kimasakin. It looks like you're fixing something on Yontif. You can't toive kalim on Yontif. You should not be able to kasher a grill on Yontif. So the Mogan of Ram there says, if you have to preheat your grill, let's say you're making a cowboy steak and you have to sear it, so you have to preheat your grill anyways. So it's not mechsi kimasakin. It's not nira kimesakin. And it will be mutter. But then he says, by the way, the minute is not to kasher from flesheks to milkiks back and forth. We do not kasher back and forth. So the Aruch Hashokhan is bothered by this. The Aruch Hashokhan says, What's the source for this minog? If you, if you look through Chumash, we know in the end of Ba'midbar, the Torah tells us there's a parsha of Hek Shekelim, that a person is allowed to. You could go get non kosher grills from uh, the clay midyon, and you go kosher it. You have to figure out how to kosher it. Whatever was uh, in Aish, Taviruba Aish. Whatever was in Mayim, Taviruba Mayim. Of course, you have to figure out how to kosher it. But there's a parash of Hekshakalim, and therefore the Aruch says this is not a real minog and nobody has to be concerned for it. However, the mishabura and most Achornim, in fact, bring it down. And that's the, the classic uh, approach from the Poiskim. The Ashkenazi Paiskim, that we have a minog not to kosher back and forth. Meaning, let's say you have a fork, you or you have, let's say you have tongs, you have a spatula, and you say, hey, I only need one, I don't need two. And every time I know how to kosher, I barely cook at home, and every time I want to kosher, every time I want to use it for something else, I'll make sure it was 24 hours and I'll kosher it. You cannot do that. Now, what would be the reason? The reason why it would be, as the Paiskim say, is that we're concerned for Takala. Well, you're gonna have a log of on your refrigerator, when you kosher it, so you're going back and forth. So Monday you have Tuesday you have milchik. It's very easy to run into problems, and therefore the minig is not to kosher back and forth from flesheks to milchik. So the question that people ask is that many people have one oven in their home, and they're constantly, every month of Shabbos, they kosher the oven and they make pizza. What's going on here? There's a minig amongst the Ashkenazi paiskim, not to kosher, back and forth. So before we get to the answer regarding ovens, I want to bring down a few different hetero that are found in the Echorinim. The, the first one, which is a classic one, we just skipped, uh, we just had this on Pesach. The Mishibur, Nechus, Pesach, brings down from the Chassam Sefer that let's say you're koshering for Pesach. So you had a uh, you had a spatula, and you're koshering it for Pesach. So since you're koshering it anyways, once it's been koshered, you could then decide if you want to change it from Milchak's to Fleshek's. So even if you had a Felicic spatula, and now you're koshering it for Pesach, so you could use it for milk on Pesach, because you already koshered it for Pesach. Another, another uh, idea brought down is that if you make a trafe, let's say someone actually trafed up a spatula. You took a milk spatula, a Ben Yonman milk spatula, it was just used for cheese, and you flip a hot burger on the grill with it. So you just trafed up your spatula. So you have to kosher it. Once you kosher it, you can decide what you want to use it for. So some of the place said, said, so go trafe it up. Go bring home a piece of pork, for, you know, ignoring the Maris Ayan issues, and cook pork on that Kaylee, and then you have to kosher it because it's trafe. and then you could indeed kosher it. That's, uh, that's another to brought down. Some of the persons say this, first of all, it seems ridiculous. You know, the whole mimic is that you shouldn't end up doing something wrong. You're bringing trafe into your house. How is that a good idea? Additionally, if you tell people to bring in trafe, they have to learn Sim and Pei Zain, and we learned together that there are times when treif could actually be basa Bahala. There's an Isra of bishul basa Bahala. You're telling him to treif up his spatula. He's going to be cooking milk and meat together. Some of the Paiskin didn't like this. A third hetter brought down is that to kosher from flesheks to parv, that's fine. So let's say a person wanted to make challah. They're making challah. We have, let's say, uh, restaurants where they want to make challah in their fleshek government and they want to call a parv. They don't want it to call a uh, flashing equipment. It looks funny. People want to use it for their dairy French toast. They want to call it parv. So the kasher from flashings to parv, that is brought down as a hetter. A fourth hetter, which is kenega the magan of rum, and that is libon, to burn something out that we're on, even from Basar the Chola versus Hagawa. And a fifth hetter, which applies to the ovens perhaps, is that Bemaqam Hefsid or Tircha Yisera loinahagu we don't have this minog of not koshering back and forth when it comes to a muckum hefsen. And therefore, when it comes to ovens, from, from, for some people, the buying a second oven, whether they don't have space in the kitchen or it will be considered a significant cost, so we say, in that case, you do not need separate ovens. Obviously, you have to kosher back and forth. And that was the psaac from Rav Moshe Feinstein that one could indeed, again, he, he held you have to kosher with Lieb Gummer, but assuming you knew how to kosher an oven, you would uh, be able to kosher back and forth. That is... One, uh, one reason why that is probably the main reason why people cash their ovens back and forth. A second reason, which is uh, touching upon a broader topic, and that is the way our ovens are used, unless you have a pizza oven, when you have a pizza oven, you're taking the food and you're putting it directly on the floor of the oven. So if you have a stone, you have a, you have a brick oven, you know, a, a brick pizza oven, so you, you're putting the pizza on that brick. So the food is touching the brick. That's an obvious transfer of bliss, of taste. However, the way we use our ovens for your pan of, uh, I don't know, you put your pan of chicken, the food is never really touching the ovens. It, they might have some steam going up. It's very uh, difficult to uh, pinpoint how exactly taste transfers. And therefore, when it comes to ovens, there are many reasons why you don't really need to, to kosher anyways. We'll, we'll talk about that when we discuss ovens. That's another reason why one could probably be making kosher back and forth. Ravelski did not like that people kosher microwaves back and forth. Because there, what's to have some rhubarb? You could get a smaller microwave and put it on the table. He felt, uh, put it on the counter. He felt that that would not be, uh, that would not be appropriate. Anoth, an-, an, oven, an oven is a natural thing. You could leave it on regardless. Nothing the, uh, the- you're saying, you're saying <laughs> it, it, it became kosher. It koshered by just leaving it on. It leave, leave your grill on after you finish grilling. And that, that would, and what do you say now? You right. do it for, for So you want to say that perhaps the minute is only to not cost you back and forth. But here I'm not cashing it. I did it already. Like the chesam for regarding Pesach. I hear. Although on the other hand, you could argue and say, by Pesach you had to kosher. The rabbi told you kosher for Pesach, so I cashed it, right? Because I had no choice. Over here, you're setting up a system where you you might end up making the mistake because you don't know if you left the oven on for 90 minutes last night. Maybe you didn't. No, you I'm didn't. saying I'm not gonna. Tr- I'm saying i am not going to i us i am not training at all. I finished cooking my steak. And I'm gonna leave the grill off. So your your oven has it's been cashered. If you want to put the uh, power on it, no problem. You put a sticker that says power. Right. But right. the so person who's going back it. and forth, he shouldn't be doing that because yeah. you are going to be setting up yourself in a situation where where you might make a mistake. That's that's the minnow brought down again. There's an archashokhan who says we don't go with this. We don't we don't care about this minuk, but it's brought down by the Maganar Avram, the Mishabur and Hukhas. Yantif, Pesach, Semetuf, and Ananochus, Pesach, Semetaf, and Aleph, and many of the and the they all bring this down, that is the uh, the Pesach, that we have a minog, not the kasher, back and forth. Another place this comes up is regarding dishwashers. So again, it's a broader conversation to discuss how exactly dishwashers could become treif. So, some will say you could, in fact, kasher back and forth from place to Mochex. Others would say that, uh, you know, first of all, it's difficult to kasher, and again, the minog is not to kasher, back and forth. You have this question in, uh, in hashkachas. So let's say you're giving Ashkaha on, uh, on a company, a dairy company, right? And many dairies that process milk and chocolate milk and all types of uh, dairy products, because they have the equipment and the distribution channels, they also make orange juice. So if you go to the store, you'll see many orange juices actually say D on it or dairy equipment on it because the, the dairy companies have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into these sophisticated uh, pasteurizers that could keep things uh, 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 what do you call it? Keep things fresh for 21 days or whatever, whatever amount of time. So they make orange juice. When you when you're purchasing a Chalav Yisrael brand, let's say Golden Flow or Devash orange juice, the way they do it is they kasher before they do their run. They do orange juice and they do Chalav Yisrael. But there's a question you could ask. Whatever you have this, these uh, these setups, we have Milchix and parv. L'chayra, again, if you don't go with my heter of kashering to parv. That's... Not all the poskim can say this. The Marsham says it. But then, l'chorah, you go, you're going against the Minog. The Minog is not to kasher back from Milchiks to parv, or fleishiks to parv, not to kasher back and forth. So l'chorah, they're kashering back and forth. So again, the heter that they'll probably say is we go with the Marsham, that you're allowed to kasher for parv. That's... That's found... But, you know, some poskim can say that. Additionally, there's a fundamental question which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this again soon. And that is, when you're giving on something. Does the company have to keep all these menhagim? So when it comes to a chal vizal run, there's a challenge because you're telling them what to do. Let's say, I always give this exa- this example. Sometimes you buy a Haimashir product. Let's say you buy a certain brand of cookies and you have the OU one, which is made in America in various plants throughout the United States. It's, uh, it's not Pas Yisrael, but it's 100% kosher. That's the only thing they run on these on this equipment. Versus you get a Haimashir brand it's, if you read the label, it says made in the Philippines. They koshered a special run to kosher for cheaper and past Yisrael, right? They had cheaper labor because they made it in the Philippines, and they're making money. Are you getting a Hadron product? So first of all, probably not, because they're running it in a foreign country. Who exactly is the mashkiach? Do you trust the plant personnel trying to get ingredients? Versus in America, the system's already built. Kosher's in America is built already, where any ingredient that could become kosher, you could tell your the company, Order from this guy. Very, very easy for them to to uh, source kosher ingredients. Fine. That's a whole discussion on its own. But more, more significantly for our topic for tonight, we'll discuss it in two different two different places. Here's number one: when a company is stopping down production and making something for you, you as a consumer. So many of the can say that they have to keep all the halachas that they didn't keep. We'll talk about let's say, and lechatila. We're going to talk about the running cold kosher on non-kosher equipment. When it comes to the Nestle, they do this all year round. They, you're, you, the, the OU or a different Ashkacha is saying this product is kosher. Versus a private label, Yoyli said, I want to make cookies in the Philippines. So Yoyli is telling them what to do. They're making it for him. He gets a, he has a status of the one who's making it himself. If you tell a Nachri to cook on a inabiny on an pot, you're not allowed to that, not to grill a steak for you on a inabiny pot, even though if he did it with you're allowed to eat it. But but the you can't tell him to do it. So they're telling him, do this for us. Kasher from Milchix to Parv for us. So it gets into that question. We'll talk about it soon. But the one hatred that they're going to rely on is that this marsham that going from Milchix to Parv is not a problem. Okay. That is really Simen, that's the end of simen peitas. Simen Sadi is not always learned in yeshivas. So in day and Tervadas, they didn't learn it. They, they, they skipped it. Most yeshivas skipped Simen Sadi. Simon Sadi talks about the K'chal. The khal is the udder of a cow. So back in the day, that was a delicacy. And if you think about it, this is your one opportunity to have baser B'chalav. Because the chalav, that's Nimsa B'chal, is called, as we learned earlier in Simenpei Zion, that's called Chalav Shruta. They already shekhted the animal. The chalav is not yotzim in aim We learned from Eczeris Akasov that that's not called chalav on a dereisa level. So you have milk and the udder itself is, is, is flesh. It's, it's basar. So you could theoretically have basar So it was a delicacy. People ate it. And the simon Saudi, the Shochanar discusses the, the, the different approaches in the Rishainim. How do you deal with the fact that there's milk in there, but it's also meat? Can you cook it together? Can you cook with other things? There's different shitas. And if someone wants to spend the time going through it, the the main sugyas based on Machlekes Rashi and and the other Rishonim, how to slice it open doesn't make a difference if you're cooking it versus roasting it. Will the milk come out on its own? But we're going to skip simensadi And if someone wants to go through the whole Yerodei, it will be good to go through it as well. There are some this that come up later on, but for our shear, we're going to skip it. Now That, that brings us to simensadi Sadi Aleph. So simensadi Sadi Aleph is a whole new ball game as far as our shear. So up until this point. We were learning general, broader topics of basa b'chalav. What's basa? what's chalav, what's called cooking, what's called hanah, and the classic fundamental minhagam that we have of not putting you no know, milk and meat on the same table, waiting six hours, aged cheese, that was all simon, you know, peizayin, peiches, peites, easy stuff. Simon Tzad Aleph be- begins with some of the classic discussions in Yeridea, specifically the halachas of, of taruvas. So I remember years ago before I started learning uh, Shulchan Aruch, so I was going into Rabbi Reisman's Shir, leaving leaving the mirror. So I was looking online at some of his uh can not hear me? Can you hear me? Where did you lose me? You lost me? By your words Tell me about Das. Oh Tara Okay, so so you meet me again? No, I'm gonna so years ago, I was looking at Rabbi Razman's online as I was going into his shiurim. I wanted to, 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 to prep a little bit and I saw he had 30 shiurim on Hilchus Taruvas. Now, I didn't know what taruvas meant. I thought it meant Hilchus Tzniyus, you know, Tarivus. Like how could there be 30 shiurim on Hilchus Tarivus? So taru- Taruvas is really uh, 12, 12 simonim after Basu Bukhalov, where the Shulchan goes through all the halachas of mixtures when things fall in, uh, you all different types of ta- Taruvus. So many of the halachas of Basu Bukhalov are attached to those halachas. So some, some yeshivas, they stop right here, they learn taruvas, then they come back to Simen Tzadiyah. We're going to go straight, and instead of giving a three-hour hakdama, we'll do a piecemeal as we go through uh, these simanim. So there are two, two concepts we have to keep in mind throughout the entire Yeridea process, and that is, again, we're not, we're not going through the now. we're just mentioning it, that is Tom that the taste of food, uh, creates Iser. So for example, let's say you had a uh, drop of pork fell into the soup. So we, we know the concept of Bittl, that maybe I have enough soup against the pork. But what if you don't have enough soup against the pork? Why don't we just say Bata Baroi? Have, I have 51%, right? Soup against the pork. It doesn't work like that. We go by Tam, the taste. So we have to keep that in mind. We didn't go through the Sugi yet. That's Simon Sadiches, talking about the machlokas Tam K'ikr, De we Raisa, De Rabbanu, where you're learning out from. But just keep in mind that not only can I not eat basa b'chalav, I can't eat bread that has taste of basa b'chalav, and I can't have a piece of cheese that has taste of meat in it. Even if there's no meat in there, if there's taste of meat in there, it was cooked together or something, that's, that's one, one of your side to keep in mind. The second one is that there has to be some transfer of taste. How exactly did this piece of cheese get a taste of meat? So, I already gave away one of them. The obvious one would be cooking together, and if it's cooked together, that that, that creates the Tom, the flow of Tom. Uh, to each other. But we'll see. There are other examples. If it's salted and touching each other, if it's soaked, kavush, if it's... it's, Let's say, let's have a cucumber that sits in a... Let's say, you have malt vinegar, and you put a cucumber in malt vinegar to have a special, unique uh, pickle. That pickle is chametz because malt is chametz. Malt vinegar is coming from chametz. I it wasn't cooked together, but it has the seepage, the kavush, the, the movement... Of, of the liquid going through the solid, that is called kavush kimavusha. We'll see that as well. So there are different ways that flavor could transfer. So the the first one that we that that must happen is there has to be some contact. If there's no contact at all, there's there's obviously no issue of a transfer of taste. That's the first thing. If you look in simon taliyaf, we're going to see that if there is a little bit of contact, very straightforward halacha, just remove remove the spot of contact if it wasn't hot and there will be no problem. So let's see the Aruch Sif Aleph, Sif i and we'll go back to, to the Mishnah and the Gemara, and we'll discuss some of the, some, some classic uh, discussions in Halacha. It's getting late, but we'll, we'll do... Uh, oh, I'm thinking of we started at, at 9. We started at 9.15. Okay, it's not so late. Okay. Aruch Sif Aleph, and Simen Saliyah. So, again, he's talking about the Dinei Basur and Shenis Arvu. The Halachas of Basur V'chalaf, they get mixed together. Sif Aleph, Basur Gvina, Shanagu Zebazah. You have basr and gvina, you have meat and cheese, you have a piece of corned beef and a piece of cheese. <speaking in Spanish> they touched each other. Some fellow in your dira in the mirror, he put uh, the cheese back in the fridge, right on top of the, the corned beef, no package, nothing. He put it right on top. <speaking in Spanish> You're allowed to eat the cheese separately, you can eat the meat separately, no problem, you can't eat it together, obviously. <speaking in Spanish> you have to wash the place that it touched, the point of contact. That's it. That's all you have to do. Now, if you look at the words, Shenagu sounds like B'diyeven. B'diyeven, if we touch each other, then you have to rinse it off. We're going to see in Sif Bays that Lechatchila don't do this. It's not a good idea. Okay. The Shulchan continues. You're allowed to put it in one cloth together when it's not touching each other. So you want to wrap it. Let's say you have a long piece of silver foil. You want to wrap it in the same foil, but you're gonna do one wrap of cheese, and you continue rolling onto the meat. As long as it's not touching each other, it's mutter. What's the khidish here? Obviously, there's no gazera that maybe it might end up touching each other. Then you are going to have to wash it. That's too much of a stretch, and therefore you're allowed to put it or put it away in the same in the same mitbachas. Uh, so, let you get a drawer. So. As long as it's not touching each other, you could theoretically have a piece of cheese and a piece of meat next to each other. As long as it's not touching, there's no problem. Now, anything that needs to, to rinse off, uh, So anything that would need to be rinsed before using it, okay, it's it's interesting wording here, asu lechatchila you cannot do that meaning if you would have to rinse it before you eat it you can't do it like sometimes you see a, uh, a product uh, uh, in your supermarket it says you have to wash before eating so if you didn't have that saw in there everybody would eat it out of the bag right you have a piece of lettuce from a, a greenhouse grown lettuce it says wash before eating but if you didn't see that thing you would eat it same thing over here anything, anything that needs had, so because you you put in the same uh, you touched it with cheese you have meat and cheese touching each other you're not gonna do that. You can't set it up in a way that you have to wash, wash it because Someone's gonna end up eating it without washing it. So go back to sif aleph shenagu If it did touch each other, then you wash it and it's fine. But don't do it lechatchila. Don't put it next, don't put it on top of each other because people are going to forget. Now only cooked meat. The that people don't typically wash beforehand. Avomidi d'orchei b'hadachah k'gayin raw meat, or things like that, where people always wash before they prepare it. So then even if you put it in the refrigerator or your storage area, touching cheese, no problem. Shari l'chatchila, it's mutu l'chatchila to do this. Okay, so very straightforward. It's based on, again, this is all based on a uh, Mishnah. The Mishnah in Chul and Davkov on a base, it's one line over there it says a person could wrap the basar, the meat and the cheese in one cloth and make sure it doesn't touch each other so the Gemara asks and if it touches each other who cares it's cold so we didn't see this yet but what's underlying these in is that when things are cold a piece of cheese a cold cheese and a cold piece of meat there's no problem so the Gemara asks, so what's the problem? Why can't I have it? Uh, wh- wh- why can't why can't I have it touch each other? So the Gemara says, I'm and he the You're right. You don't have to start peeling it. It's not going to transfer taste. But min you don't have to wash it before. And therefore, since people might forget before eating it, don't do a lechatzilo. Make sure it doesn't touch each other. So a few things we're learning here. Number one, that as long as there's no heat involved, you're not going to have an issue of transferring of real blias, of of taste that cannot be removed. If it's cold, all you have to do is make sure that, that you rinse it off and you're good to go. Don't put yourself in a situation where you might forget to wash it before eating. But you don't have to be concerned when you're putting things away that it might touch each other. Because even if it does, it's not really a problem. It could be washed beforehand. So the Ramal just points out, only something that has some moisture. I yavish mamish, they have a hard piece of cheese uh, or, a hard, or, or, or food. He's talking about a Kli, a Rak So the Ramot shifts a little bit. He goes from what we're talking about food. Now he's talking about kalim. Let's assume he switched from what the Shulchan Aruch said. He's saying that, let's add some words. That uh, We're missing some words. We're missing that when it comes to kalim, the same halacha applies. Don't take a dirty uh, cup from, that was used for coffee and put and put uh, and put a piece of pastrami in there, because you have to rinse it beforehand. Don't do that. But that's only That's only a kalim that has some moisture. But mamish Let's say you're taking a cookie. Let's say you have a dairy cookie or you have a cheese danish, okay? Let's assume, well, it might not be davar Yavish, depending on the bakery. You have something that's davar Yavish, right? You have a Yavish uh, milk item and you want to put it in a keli that only absorbed B'Tsoynin. It was a keli that was used to store things. Mutter by Yavish You don't have to wash it at all. Okay, now it's not kofchav it's of alef, depending on your print in the Shulchan Aruch. It's definitely found in simet aleph. The other must have something different, and we'll discuss it right now. So the fundamental question, now that we switched from food to, to Kalim, food is very simple. If it's, uh, if, if, if the, uh, the food is not hot and we didn't get to cracks in the meat that milk will go into, we didn't talk about salty items or soaked for 24 hours, we're just talking in a case where a piece of cheese touched a piece of schnitzel in the fridge, halacha is you do hadacha, you wash it off, it's easier just to slice off that part, that would be easier and there's no issue, you're allowed to eat it. What about kalim? Can a person use a Kaylee that you want to use, you want to use a kaile for flesheks when the kaile itself is a milcha Kalee? That's a fundamental question. Can you use trave kalim? Let's say so you go away on vacation, you go uh, rent, rent you have a rental property, uh, you rent an Airbnb or something, uh, a verbo, a vacation home for a couple days, it's a regular home, kitchen, full, fully stocked kitchen. And you're not, you don't want to be busy koshering everything, but you figure, hey, we'll use everything for cold. Can you use the countertops for cold food? Can you use the cups, the mugs? Mug wouldn't be cold probably, It'd be hot, cliche Can you use all those items that you find in that home for, for cold for cold food? So, there are different sheetas in the Rishonim. And if you look in ark there are a few places to look. Number one is over here. Here, the, the Machaber says very clearly, Midi da'archi b'hadachah Things that people clean Shari lechatchila So the person will say based on the Shulchan Aruch himself would hold anything that's clean so let's say according to the Shulchan Aruch, if you're a Sephardi you go to a uh, a hotel lobby or something or a bar and you're drinking a beer or a diet Sprite whatever you like in a glass in a glass cup so, let's assume the bar uses these cups for kosher, non-kosher, they have non-kosher soups, or they wash it in a non-kosher dishwasher, which is more likely than the non-kosher soup. So, let's assume these glasses are traith. You cannot use it like right? That's what you would think. According to the Mechaber, since I'm only putting cold beverages in it, I'm not using it for hot tea, I'm using it for a diet sprite. Since it's archi b'hadachah, they typically cleaned before they served it to me. That's how the understand this Mechaber. Shari lechatchila, it's mutter, 100% mutter There'll be no problem of you getting a diet Sprite at a, uh, at a hotel lobby or at, or at a bar. There'll be no problem because it's archi ba'adacha. Now, if it's a dirty restaurant, a dirty hotel, then you'd have a problem. But let's say it's archi it's ba'adacha, this happens all the time. You go to a regular hotel room or motel, they have, they have glass cups there. and You want to drink something, if you so wish, you could use those cups. And, and uh, as long as you're using it for cold, there will be no problem the uh, the Ramah at the end of Kuf Aleph and here it says Ch- Kuf Chabez it's really Kuf Aleph he says yeah, if you have the bigger Shuchna, so you have it. you have it as well in Sif he says that we only do this Bedarech Arai we don't do this Bedarech Keva one should not do it on a consistent basis you can only do it Bedarech Arai only once in a while where does this come from so it's really a discussion of the Rishonim and again, the fundamental question, can I use treif kalem before I kosher it? The person discussed this regarding uh and kalem. Let's say you have a kalem in your house that wasn't yet kashered. So is there a concern that maybe you might use it for something? Or do we say, no, you can use it for cold, no problem. So according to the... Uh, Ellie, how about it? Ellie, I yeah. have just a quick question. Sure, here. sure. How about if you yourself forget, you know, it's after Pesach, you're putting dishes back in pots and pans, and you forget, was that a melecheg or a Fleschik? Uh, oh, so you're a soft so Can So you it? going back to the beginning right, of the year. Right, so yeah, the Pilots can say yes, because right. in that case, you don't know what to do. You're stuck. So you'd kosher it, and, uh, and, and yeah, it's a good point. If you forget, you're good to go. Um, okay, so going back to this case, let's say, so can, can I use treif kalim lechatchila for cold? So some shittas, again, the shulchan Aruch we just saw now, later on says it as well, no problem. You can motor lechatchila to use it for cold. So you're in a... Uh, a non-kosher restaurant, you're taking a clean fork, and you're sticking it into a piece of watermelon, a tomato, whatever you found there that's kosher, halacha is? No problem. That's the sheet of the Shokhanaruch, based on the Rosh and other Rishayim. To the other extreme, this is where the Ramah is nervous about, there's the Rekeach and the Mordechai, and they say even for cold items one cannot, even if you're only using it for cold, you cannot use Treif kalim. Why? It's a similar concern to what we said earlier, is that you might make a mistake. That if I see that I'm using it for cold, so let's say you, you had a traif mug. So you have a mug uh, that in your office, you know that people use it for soups and beef broth, all types of things they use these mugs for. You have a water dispenser, Poland spring water, and they ran out of plastic cups. And you figure, hey, I'll use the mug. So you can use the mug, which according to the Shoch and Mutter, the Mordechai says, no, don't use the mug for cold water because you might make a mistake and you might end up using it for hot. So don't put yourself in situations where you're using treif kelim. Don't use treif kelim. You can only use kosher kelim. That's the shita of the Mordechai. toisvus and the redvaz. They're mechalic between liquids and solids. They say solids would always be fine, but a liquid, uh, a liquid would, would be would be worse. A liquid would absorb more, more of the more of the taste. And those are the the main shitas found in the rishonim. Again, the make mekol based on the rush. The other rishonim are either the answer to the extreme, even for for cold items, no, no difference between liquids and solids, and he had this middle shita that differentiates between uh, the liquids and the solids. Now, how do we paskin? So if we go through the shach, the shach is very long, the shach over here in, in Gimel, he goes line many, many lines discussing all the different shitas of the Rishanim, the different Mara we have, we have Mara and Hechos Pesach, and Hechos Tfilas Kelim, and at the end of the day, he says a, f- a few points. Number one, he assumes the Ramah is, is chayish for the Mordechai, at least but Derech Kviyas one should not use Traith kalim. so you can use it once in a while we'll see what that means Derech right and additionally he brings down that perhaps Klicheres would be worse that a mug a ceramic mug Klicheres is worse because Klicheres we know can never be kashered. and one of the reasons why it can't be kosher, the Gemara says the standard reason why you cannot do Haggala on it is because that that the Bliya the absorption will never fully get out of the we we'll never fully get out of the keli. But the Gemara there says that we assume a klicheres is porous. So things keep going in, but things go out as well. Not everything goes out. And therefore, it's more likely that there will be a transfer of taste from a klicheres, even though it's cold, than other caleb. So the shach says two points. Number one, we're going to go with the rama and we're going to differentiate again. the last line in the shach says this, that we're going to differentiate between derech keva Versus derech HaRai. What's derech HaRai? So there's different uh, different opinions. Some say lepa'amim once in a while. That again, like this case, this fellow with a mug, uh, assuming the mug will be fine, so, uh, or glass. You have a glass. Once in a while, you end up in a lobby somewhere. You could use the non-kosher glass for your Diet coke. That's lepa'amim. Some say anytime you're in beis shalnachri, you're in his house or his restaurant. That's fine. The problem was that you shouldn't use it in your own home. You become accustomed to it. It's one of your kalim. Uh, in, in your kitchen, part of your uh, repertoire, so that shouldn't be. But if you're in the base of Shanachri, in his restaurant, his home, his hotel, then that would be called Derech Right? And some places can give a, give a, you know, once every 30 days. They give a, a, a Zman like that. Okay. Machoikas, what exactly is Derech Keva or Derech Right? most people would just try to figure out is this a once in a while situation or is this something you're doing in your own home that you have Treyf Kalim, you, you bought Treyf Kalim on a Craigslist and you only use it for cold, we wouldn't want a person, that, that's not the way a person should have it in his house, as the Rishonim explained, there's, there's a concern, Shami Yishtam Shibahem Mechamin. It could be the Svaridah because the Mechabah is ameiko, but for Ashkenazim, the Shach, the Ramah, we're that that uh, we would not have this in our home. So, I want to just bring down a few questions that come up uh, regarding regarding this, uh, this this halacha. So we'll use kashrus as an example for some of them. Many sauce companies they'll make kosher barbecue sauce, kosher uh, ranch dressing, and they also have a treif line. The difference between the kosher and the treif is very simple. The kosher products are run cold; the treif products are used hot. So you could have Parmesan cheese in the uh, non-kosher Parmesan cheese and fish going into all different types of salad dressings. We don't care. It's either being run as cold or it's hot. We don't care because the kosher product, the kosher uh, Thousand Island dressing is being run in the, on, on this machinery, but it's being blended at ambient temperature. They don't say cold or hot in kosher because the companies don't understand that 121 degrees is hot and 119 is cold. So we usually just ask them what temperature is being run at, but it's being run on, on ambient temperatures for kosher and the non-kosher is... Is we don't care. It's hot, cold, but it doesn't make a difference because we're using treif Kalim to make kosher sauces. So that question that I asked you a few a few uh, twenty minutes ago regarding the the uh kashering from busser to parv or holof to parv, same question here. The shach says the Ramas says we only allow this HaRai. You only allowed to do this once in a while, once in a blue moon. How do you give Ashkacha on a company that every single day they're running cold thousand island dressing on a Trafe equipment. This equipment was used that morning to run, I don't know, pork and beans, uh, anchovies. Well, it could be its kosher, but whatever Parmesan cheese and the Caesar dressing. They used trafe that morning, hot, and now you're using it for cold. How, how could you do that? So it's a good question. So some say, okay, you have the mechaber to rely on. Additionally, what the, the, the main the main header is going to what we said before. When when a hashkoch is giving hashkach on a plant. We're not the Yid making the product. This is a Chumrah. This is a Chumrah that maybe... That, that maybe someone's going to make a mistake. It's only a Chumrah ba'ama. You can even classify it as like a Minog. The Minog is not to use it Bedarek Kviyas. You can only use it Bedarek right? The Nachri who's making the sauces, B&G foods, he doesn't have to keep this Minog. He's not Jewish. So that, that would be a strong Heter as well. Again, that you lose that Heter perhaps when you're making the food yourself. The Yiddish owned company... Or if a Yiddish or private label is having a special production, you lose that as well. There's another hat perhaps, and that is that, let's 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 play Chazal here. Really, it's mutter. There's no problem. It's cold. There's no transferring of taste. There's a that I might end up making mistakes. I might end up using it for hot. But I have mashkiach there. I have mashkiach on site, or I have mashkiach coming in once in a while, checking the papers and the batch sheets and, 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 and all the uh, temperature logs. And we are confirming that that there, this was not used for heat. So isn't that better? So L'chairah, we could avoid this whole issue of, you know, using it, uh, uh, using only Mutter B'derech from the fact that that we have Mashkiyach there, we have mashgir, a good kosher system. So these are this is basically what they're relying on. Number one, that usually it's not the Yi that's making it himself. Either it's being done all year round by the Nachri, or even if it's a private label, you could say, I'm not making it, I'm telling him what to make for me. So that's one argument. And therefore, they don't have to keep the, uh, the minog. And, and the stronger argument is that, is that, again, the stronger argument in Svara, now Halacha doesn't always work like that, that we could just throw away the Xaira, the and that is that we have Mashiach there, we have people on site, and, uh, and therefore, it is not, it's not, it's not an issue. You have uh, Chal Yisrael, you have, you have a similar discussion, okay, going back to what we said before, but, but you, have, uh, you have Kalim, let's say you have silos that hold dairy. Uh, milk, right? Those silos are not made to get hot. You, you can't do Haggala on those silos. It's made to hold cold dairy, but that dairy is being is there for 24 hours. And if kavush kimavusha, we'll see this later on. It's very difficult to kasher to kasher the, the the silos because you, it can't it can't hold the heat. It's not made to hold heat. So what many of the chalvishaw companies will do when they're doing chalvishaw in a non-kosher facility, non non chalvishaw facility, is they, they they loop the milk all over the place. So milk will only absorb taste again. I'm jumping ahead in kavush if it sits there for 24 hours. Very simple. Every 10 hours, just run, pump the milk from silo A to silo B, and pump the milk from silo B to silo C, and you move it all around. And you don't have kavush. That's a hetter when it comes to kavush. But again, they're using trafe equipment for, for cold. So again, they're relying on relying on this hetter. Uh, let's just do a few more questions here, and then will just, just we'll just uh, re- review it. So let's say glasses, drinking glasses. So if you go to an event, you go to you go to a, a bar or something. So again, unless you're there every single night, it's pederach arai, right? It's not your glass. It's first of all, it's It's not your glass, and it'll be much to drink from it. So many of the caterers have the following question: Can we can can we run a catering a business where every single time we do an event, we're going to be using Trafe glasses. Is that called derech Arai or is that called derech keva? So you have many different layers to this question. Question number one would be, a caterer that doesn't have their own dishes. Every, every time they do an event, they rent dishes. So they rent kosher dishes for the forks and knives, and they rent trafe glasses for the drinking. So even that glass itself is derech arai. You have other companies where they actually purchase trafe glasses. Now, most, most Ashkenazi places would not allow you to kosher glass. We hold you can't kosher glass. So what do you do with these glasses? Well, it's only being used for cold. Can I consistently have non-kosher glasses at my, at my wedding hall? The fellow that's drinking it, unless he's here every night for a different chasana. So for him, it's all right. For the pa'at maybe it's once in 30 days. He's, he's not using this glass every single time. So for the consumer, it's all right. But for the caterer, it's, uh, it's, it's kavua. So what do you do? So again, different places can have different opinions. Some places, again, we didn't learn the halachas of glass, but there are three different shittas when it comes to glass. Is glass belay at all? The svargrim hold, the holds, and hold, the glass does not absorb. It doesn't absorb anything. You can use tray glass for hot. No problem. Glass is not, is not an issue when it comes to blees. Uh The rama is machmir. He brings two sheets. Either we hold you have to kasher it, or we hold you can't kasher it. So most ashkenazim are machmir, that you can't kasher glass. But with has to. there is room, even rely on the Shulchan Aruch that glass is not belay and mavliya. And if you take the two together, some place can say it'll be a significant hefset for the caterer to, uh, to purchase brand new glasses or to have his own glasses and have his own, let's see, he, he has to rent every single time to have his own dishwashers for glass. And again, depending on the hashkacha and, and the Rav you you probably you might be drinking on a non-kosher glass when you're drinking your soda at a wedding, depending on the uh, depending on the, uh, the, the hashkacha. But, but bear in mind, you have... It. It's bear in mind. Yeah, they say the soda's not on their arashkacha, right? Williams, right. Williams the glasses. Co- All right. No, so again, if a wedding hall, like, like a Terrace of Ram, or those wedding halls where they're doing events every night in their own location, they have a huge kitchen, they probably have their own glasses. But when you had these party planners or caterers, that they don't really have a location. The whole thing is, you know, is geboit and I'm bringing in stuff from here, from there, they don't have their own kitchen. So very often, they don't have their own dishes. They're renting every single time. And to rent kosher from from the guy with hashgacha is very expensive, and the guy with hashgacha won't even give it to them because they don't have hashgacha. So, so it's it's very difficult for them to get kosher glasses. So it's probably mutter for them to use to use the non kosher glasses. The consumer every, is, everyone they, could drink it except for the masalic condition. He's every night. He's <laughs> every night. Exactly. Right. Right. Okay. So some of the classic questions of drinking at a hotel bar or the lounge that would be mutter as well. Again, we're not talking about the drinking in a bar, Shiloh, but the, as far as kashrus, the the soda is fine, and the glass, as long as the glass is clean, that would not be an issue. Regarding a coffee mug at work, so there you run into the problem, two problems. Number one is Klicheres. The shach brought down that some somehow Klicheres is different. L'halachah won't be make on that shayla. However, using, usually you using it for hot. So maybe if you make a shlishi on your coffee before you use the mug, but then where'd you get a kelly from? So you had a hot cup, so you the hot cup. Very, very difficult to find the case where someone would be make on so they could use a hot mug that was used for traith some companies, they don't... They don't some, some offices, they don't have trafe there. It's just... It's, they just have coffee mugs and they have a sink where they wash it in the, in the sink. So then again, it would probably be, be much to use that coffee mug because what exactly went wrong here? So you have to look around and see what your staff, your co-workers do, what they do for lunch, if they're drinking soups or the like. So uh, so, so that, then you would have to be uh, more concerned. Okay, there are a few exceptions to this. We'll get into soon. Dabar onions, and maybe scotch. Maybe scotch would be different. Scotch is sharp and therefore, perhaps in 15 minutes, it already gets the taste from the Kaylee into the, into the scotch. Maybe drinking a, you know, a shot of whiskey would be a problem. So, M'ret we'll continue this. We'll review what we learned, because I didn't have a chance to summarize it. So we'll summarize what we learned, the different uh, rules and, re- and regulations when it comes to using a non-kosher keili. Is it yours? Is it the guy's? Is it hot, cold? We'll talk about that, M'ret in the beginning of next week's year, and we'll get to some of the exceptions, and then we'll move on, move on to other halachas of the transferring of taste. We'll talk about bread once again, that make sure not to touch your bread during the Suda. And then we'll talk about how heat creates transfer of taste. So, Merteshem, hang tight. And we'll, we're, we're getting our feet wet in the uh, serious halachas of Yoridea of, of, of Tarubas Basibachav.